1: New episodes of American Prodigy drop
2: Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roto-Viz College Football Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Stéphane Leco, joined by my co host, Matt Wispay. This podcast is being brought to you by Blue Wire, Indeed, and Bet Online. We are so glad you are here with us. A lot of news and notes to get into today. We're going to talk about all the canceled games, what's going on in the Big Ten, couple of op-outs to talk about, and of course, we will get into our recap and then look ahead to the future. But before we do any of that, Matt, how are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. I mean, as good as I can be. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about
2: it here shortly, but everyone knows I'm a gigantic Ohio State homer, and well, I won't as it stands right now, I won't get to watch Ohio State this week. Now, I will be frantically refreshing Twitter in hopes that some news comes out. However, as it stands right now, there will not be a game. So, I mean, generally life is good, but I don't get to watch the my favorite team.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer. I may not be able to watch mine either. Oregon and Washington is in doubt. So we do have some of that kind of stuff. But it does look like there's some, some good news. Well, I mean... I think it's the the right choice that the Big Ten has decided to allow Ohio State to play Northwestern in the Big Ten championship. To me, it just makes sense. I'm sure you agree with me. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about how this played out?
2: So I think it's always interesting to me when you hear people try and make the argument for or against like a change of an arbitrary rule. Um, as it stands right now, there is a rule that – in the Big Ten for the 2020 season that you could only qualify for the Big Ten championship if you have played at least six games or if the entire conference average of total number of games drops below the six-game average or drops below six games. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, the average isn't going to drop below six games, but Ohio State is 5-0, and and they hold the tiebreaker over the team that is and 5-1 and would be going in their place to the... Um, to the Big Ten Championship if Ohio State wasn't granted this rule. So it was an interesting position that the conference was put in because while everyone wants to sit here and think, oh, well, they're just doing this for our Ohio State. Oh, well, they're, well, part of it is that Ohio State has the best chance of anyone in the conference of making it to the college football playoff. As a whole, for the entire conference, it is good if Ohio State makes it to the playoff. I don't even know how you can argue against that. So the conference is thinking for everyone and saying, we would like to try and give our best team the best chance to make it. And the way to do that is allow them to have that extra data point, the the big 10 championship game, that extra one little data point to prove that they're one of the four best teams. And I mean, there's so much that goes into this. And, and truthfully, the thing that is the even bigger wrench in this scenario is the fact that Indiana had to pause their team activities for the week. They've already canceled their game against Purdue. They may not. And I mean, we've seen a a lot of teams. It takes them two weeks to bounce back. So they may not even be available for the big 10 championship game. So if they didn't change this rule, I mean, we might be looking at Michigan state against Northwestern. I'm going to ask you a serious question do you think Fox is going to broadcast Northwestern and big air and um, Northwestern and Michigan state, or do you think they're going to play the random game that is Ohio state scheduling somebody?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I would think that more people would want to watch the Ohio state (laughs) game, but who knows what they actually have to do. But yeah, it's, it's a good point. Like I I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And from what I can tell, this is the right choice going forward, and and something that like I've always kind of believed is just because you've made a mistake in the past doesn't mean you should like stick with it. But like it's better to move on and adapt and admit that you are wrong, like in all aspects of life. And so the Big Ten being um, open to changing their arbitrary rule, uh, I think, is a good thing. And um, I'm sure some people are upset, but I think more people are understanding uh, of what's taking place and what's going on. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's the right choice.
2: And the argument for, oh, well, they made a rule, so you can't change the rule. Well, they also made a rule that they were going to not play this season. And then they came out with another statement saying that they weren't going to revisit that the big 10 has been changing their mind every chance they could this season. And it's, I don't think it's unreasonable for them to act in the best interest of the entire conference. And in that option being that if Ohio state plays anybody this weekend, if they were to play. Rutgers and go out there and get boat raced by a hundred to nothing, they would still qualify for the big 10 championship, the big 10 championship game. So from a purely logic standpoint, this is something that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a fun game too, by the way, Uh, Northwestern. I mean, they haven't been as consistent of late, but it'll be interesting to see what Ohio state can do against that defense. They'll score a lot. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, similar stuff to get into. Tutu Atwell opted out this week. Uh, what do you think of that? He, I know he's a guy that you, you've liked in the past. So I think Tutu Atwell is really, really good. I, I think
2: he is... Um, he and Elijah Moore are kind of in the same camp to me. I think both of them have the potential to be... I don't want like I feel like I'm insulting someone when I say that they could be contributing like the way Hunter Renfro is for the Raiders or Cole Beasley is for the uh, Bills. I don't think either one of them are ever going to become Julio Jones. I don't think any of them are ever going to be league winners for you in uh, your fantasy teams. But I do think that they're going to be guys that you can plug in as quote-unquote boring produ- production and valuable assets to an actual a real live nfl roster i think tutu his size is is going to be interesting to see how the nfl reacts to it because this year it kind of in particular there's quite a few of the the short wide receivers that they're going to have to wrap their head around as hey these guys can still be super productive even if they can't see like even if they can't see the quarterback um right so it's just it's a unique situation and i think this is going to be a um I think Tutu's probably at the earliest or talking about a third round pick. He probably ends up falling into the fourth round. Um, So that, I mean, it's a bummer. If you were thinking he was going to turn into this eventual superstar, I think if you were a guy who's playing in like college fantasy or does college DFS, you probably have this, this elevated thought of Tutu Atwell because he's been so productive and you I would just temper your expectations a little bit because he's probably not going to have great draft capital and while he was such a volume hog at the college level I don't know how much he actually will translate to the NFL level with that being said I love him I think he's he's been a really fun player to watch I I've talked about him what like 25 times this
1: season yeah just about um,
2: he's he's really really good and I think it's going to be a
1: I mean i'm happy to see him go to the nfl i think he'll be good like you said his his size will be you know uh, a limiting factor but i think he he has the athletic ability to to get past it let's uh, get into some of the other news here on canceled games uh, or postponed games but most of them i think are just canceled at this point we've got michigan ohio state as we mentioned off the top Uh, some of the big games we've got ole miss at texas a&m purdue at indiana Cincinnati Tulsa was a big one I mean they're both undefeated teams but they'll be playing uh, in the championship game in you know a week and a half from now so they'll get they'll get an opportunity to play that one then we have Ohio against Kent State Charlotte Marshall and did I I'm not sure if I skipped over Purdue Indiana but that one's also um, out and I wouldn't be surprised if by um, you know by the time you're listening to this podcast Washington at Oregon has already been postponed, but as of now, it's just in jeopardy. I know Washington's dealing with some issues, but yeah, just definitely disappointing. I I would have loved to watch like that Ole Miss Texas A&M game would have been a lot of fun, especially uh, from a DFS standpoint, (laughs) a lot of fun players in in, in that one. Uh, But, you know, we're just slowly working our way through the season. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff up in the air. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to talk about with you is just kind of what's going on at CU um, and, you know, the, the problem that they have with that game versus USC being canceled and and now you know going into one of the you know final weeks of the season and CU could potentially be undefeated and not be able to play in the Pac-12 championship game if USC wins because USC has the higher uh, rank uh, in the college playoff ranking. So that uh, that US, USC game being canceled really ends up hurting them, and it's it's a real shame because uh, CU has really surprised everyone. Uh, going undefeated so far. Carl Durrell has just done an absolutely amazing job coming in here with very little uh, offseason, not really being able to choose any of his own coaches, and he has taken them to a 4-0 record, and they've looked really good um, in the process. A couple of close wins, but really um, just really playing well. I mean, Jarek Brassard, who who I've talked a little bit about on the show already, he he had an unbelievable game last week. He, he, had, he carried the ball 25 times for over 300 yards, Uh, just incredible stuff so it's a real shame that CU um, I mean they get to play Utah on Friday if they win that and then if USC does lose to UCLA they'll be able to play in the Pac-12 championship but it's just a shame that you know we aren't able to see uh, yeah what would happen if they did play USC and just get a shot I mean that to see who goes in
2: it's kind of just the way 2020 is I think we all even when everyone released a schedule when the Pac-12 and the Big Ten came back we said that hey look they have very little opportunity to like have a bad week you can't have um a random game gets get canceled because it, it will throw things into flux i feel for colorado it it definitely it's unfortunate for him um i wish the pac-12 would look at just say like throwing out conferences but i think that requires a pretty big um big change and that's it's hard to swallow if you're, um, I mean, if you're Oregon, you, you're you desperately hoping that they they just kind of say, sorry, Buffalo, I mean, sorry, Colorado in this situation, because you're potentially going to get in with a four and two record and you might get to hang that Pac-12 banner on what's a rough, what would, I mean, be described as a pretty rough season for them. So it sucks. I mean, I feel for them. Dems the breaks, yeah. but... Uh, hey, if you're Colorado, pull a UCF. Just start claiming it. Start saying oh, that everyone was afraid to play you. USC ducked out of the game because they were terrified and blah blah. blah. I mean, own it. Be the team yeah, that it's sort of obnoxious and you know what? No one can say you're
1: wrong. Absolutely, it's it's good it's good stuff. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know what the CU team does you know in a normal season. I'm I'm excited for their outlook though. Uh, Darrell really seems to have been a, a really good hire. Um, I do want to talk to you before we kind of get into some of the games that, that we recap recapped. We, we didn't have a chance to, to look forward to the BYU uh, coastal Carolina game because we didn't realize about it until like after the show was done and we did a quick hit on it. We didn't even know if it was a certainty or if it was uh or, or what, but uh, that ended up being a really, really fun game. I ended up losing quite a bit of money because I had BYU and a couple of teasers and, uh, Coastal Carolina just uh, out route won that game uh, last second attempt by, uh, by Wilson uh, just got short, you know, he, they were what, by a yard and a half short, the receiver just couldn't, couldn't get into the end zone, but super fun game. Uh, what did you think of that? And other than it just being entertaining and, and delightful, any, any idea about what it might mean for either of these programs moving forward? I mean, for BYU,
2: give them all the credit. They took that game on 48 hours notice. They got it scheduled. Um, they wanted to live up to the moniker of any time, any place, anywhere. Um, anybody like just, they didn't care. And they went across country for what's kind of a tough matchup and also give credit to coastal because for as much as everyone is, um, giving all this credit to all the other schools, coastal might have the best resume of all of the non power five programs. They've, I mean, they're really solid and they're really good. And they, I mean, Early on in that game, they were taking it to BYU. Or when I, um, when I was watching the early stages of the game, I pretty much realized that my oh, I was gonna said I would take BYU up to seventeen in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a problem because they they just seem to have their number. It, I mean, I saw some stuff I didn't like. I really don't like the the BS stuff that happened on to Zach Wilson getting. I mean, Coastal yeah. made it very clear they were gonna try and rough him up they did they weren't wrong for doing so it was within the rules of the game but I hate it and I'm sorry I know people don't are gonna call me soft for it but what I like I just don't like the unnecessary hey let's try and hurt the quarterback um right. but whatever it is what it is it's part of football you can't really get mad at a team that has seemingly been overlooked for most of the year and them trying to make sure that they're winning on the biggest stage that they get. So cool for them. They got a game day experience. They got all of it. The best part is that it was a game day game. And then the game was on ESPN. You hilarious to me, (laughs) Um, but no, great. I I mean, I'm not going to go. It wasn't one of the best games of the college football season. I think anyone who says that forgets that Texas A&M and Florida happened like that was, that was probably the game of the year to date. Um, there there have been better games, but regardless, it was fun. I
1: enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was fun, and I think it's it's too pro. Well, I guess a lot of people watch BYU, but for a lot of people, that was the first time they'd ever seen Coastal Carolina play, so I think that also makes it a lot of fun. Anything else you want to chat about before we get into uh, the rest of the show? No. All right, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that's going to come up along the way. Before we go any further, though, I do want to take a second to tell you about Indeed Indeed has been absolutely awesome for me personally. As I have mentioned a few times now, I've taken on a new role at my day job where I have to sit and look through resumes and try to find the right people for my company and and, and looking to hire can be really, really difficult. But Indeed has really made it so much easier. And that is because they have a new way of matching me or you with candidates instantly. It delivers, it delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so that you can contact them um, super quickly when you sponsor a job. Using Indeed has just been absolutely a game changer. When I boost my jobs, I'm able to get my candidates on my screen way quicker and I know that they are going to be a good fit. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost Any job post, which means you'll see more quality candidates and you'll see them fast. Try Indeed out with our free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This offer is valid through December 31st. So do not wait. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Matt, let's jump into our week 14 recap. Uh, We had a kind of an up and down week uh you're 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 about to get things uh turned around here you had a 2 and 6 week not your not your best you went 2 and 2 on our our regular games i went 4 and 2 on the locks and then 3 and 1 on our regular games uh take us through some of your picks and and kind of what you thought about them and uh, you don't have to take too much time we can, we can go through this pretty quickly here i'm blaming you for bullying me
2: um yeah that's fair uh so i went 2 and 6 my only wins of the week were ohio state and uh, minus 12 and a half in the first half against Michigan State and Penn State minus 11. My losses were Wisconsin minus 14. They lost outright. Uh, Alabama LSU under 68 and a half. Uh, App State, Louisiana over 51 and a half. Oregon minus nine and a half at Cal. I hate you, Oregon. Um, me Central too. Michigan minus one and a half at Ball, or against Ball State and Bowling Green plus two and a half at Akron. Uh, like I said, you bullied me into those last two picks. It's your fault. Uh, I don't claim them. Uh, this whole system is rigged.
1: Yeah, that that that's fair. That is very fair. I uh, I'll stop bullying you. Bullying is a bad thing. Uh, my loss on the week was Memphis plus one and a half at Tulane. They got beat pretty pretty handedly. Uh, ended up being a, a fourteen point loss. Uh, oh no, I had another loss. I also lost Oklahoma State. Um, I had them minus two and a half. They lost. Sh- straight up to TCU even though they uh they had every opportunity to win they just couldn't put the put the game away i think uh you and i should have a conversation when we have a little bit more time about what's wrong with this Oklahoma state team and if uh if gundy should be on the hot seat because they just kind of are are treading water here as a, a upper but middling you know, big 12 team. Anyway, conversation for another time. Uh, my Liberty plus seven got canceled Buffalo and Ohio over 58, which was like my favorite play of the week last week was canceled. Uh, the ones I won though, Texas A&M minus seven, uh, th- that game was closer than the 31 to 20 scoreline showed. Uh, Tamu was down going into the fourth quarter. It, it took a little bit of luck. I was, I was sweating that game out pretty hard. I do not like betting on Texas a and because it was it was a rough watch. I was very afraid. Uh, Oregon State plus eleven and a half. They lost by six, so that one covered. Texas minus seven. They took care of business against K-State, winning sixty-nine to thirty-one. And then Miami minus fifteen was a slam dunk as they uh, they shut out. Duke, 48-0. We did not hit on any of our upsets, unfortunately, this week. Uh, the closest ones were uh, BC over Virginia got close, but not close enough. And then Oregon State, Utah, as I mentioned earlier. So uh, this is our first week that we didn't get a, an upset special, and uh, and that's okay. Uh, let's jump into the Week 14 review here. Let's spend a little bit more time on that Texas A&M-Auburn game. Uh, the Dude, you were... Washington and, and, pointed out to us, uh, had a monster day other than the tight end Windermeyer. I thought he was the most impressive player on the field. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about Smith?
2: So Ania Smith is, he's kind of turned into like a slot receiver, but he also gets run out of the backfield. He's their I think he, as it stands right now, I think he's still their leading receiver and he is their second leading rusher. He is a guy that I think will eventually get to the NFL, not as a huge, like Volume guy, um, but probably just as a Swiss Army knife type player I mean the fact that they're when when things are meaningful, they are putting him on the field, and I am he is a guy that I have been liking more and more as the season progressed, and everyone knows I'm not a huge Isaiah Spiller fan. I think Spiller is a very, very traditional hey, I'm gonna run the ball, and that's all I'm gonna do type of backwards. I think Smith provides a level of versatility that spiller doesn't and as they utilize smith it it makes them a little more unpredictable so honestly i i just hope they continue to realize that and use
1: him more he was really impressive i texted you because i was i was watching like i said i was sweating this game and when it came down to like the drive that they needed to kind of like they needed to have it to put the game away. He was the one getting the ball on third down. They would either throw it to him or even run it with him out of the backfield. I thought he looked really, really impressive. Uh, Isaiah Spiller looked pretty good too. He's a guy who I, I had my eyes on. He he had 20 carries for 120 yards. Honestly, though, uh, their backup running back, whose name I can't pronounce, he was by far uh, more explosive. I, I thought he had a really, really good game. Uh, Kendall Mond, I mean, um, Mond uh, he... Again, he flashes at times, but other times he just misses open wide receivers. Kellen Mond's a guy I'm still not really sure what to do with. Uh, Let's let's move on though. We had Liberty at Coastal Carolina canceled, unfortunately, uh, so we don't need to go over that. The big one though that I want to hear about from you is uh, one of your locks that you you were pretty confident on, and I thought you're (laughs) when you were explaining the Wisconsin Indiana game to me last week, I almost changed my pick um, away from Indiana. I just stuck with it because I thought it would be more interesting to have at least one difference on our honors. But, but yeah, Indiana just straight up won 14 to six. What happened?
2: So, um, you know how I said it was a big deal that they were starting Jack Tuttle and how it was going to really change everything for him. And it was, it was a really big deal. Nope. Uh, he did fine. He's not as good as, um, wow. Blanking on his name. Pennix. Penix. Michael Penix. Wow. It's a bad day. Um, he's not as versatile as Penix. He's not going to make the wow plays. The Penix does. But that defense was good enough to stop kind of a flailing Wisconsin offense. And um, I mean, I, Wisconsin's dumb. Uh, I'm, I don't know how to say it any nicer than that, but I don't know why they're off. They, I mean, they should go back to the offense. They were running for the past 10 years, just, Stick a running back back there. Doesn't matter. Go out, get four, four to six, somewhere between four and six yards of carry, and just keep going with it over and over and over again. It will be boring as heck. But their offense is not good enough to try and play fun. And well, they didn't do that. Um, Indiana made them not be super successful. And I, yeah, I, I'm all the way wrong on this game. I I thought that Indiana was going to lose comfortably. And they did not.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I I thought was interesting is just seeing kind of uh, how excited we were about Mertz after that first game versus Illinois. And then, you know, they had Wisconsin struggled with the, with some COVID issues and didn't get to play a couple games. And we were like, Oh man, well we might never know just how awesome Mertz was. And now that he's back in there, it's just been pretty unimpressive, pretty uninspiring. Um, He uh, yeah. He hasn't had a great game in a while. Like, this game against Indiana, zero touchdowns, one interception. The game against Northwestern, he had one touchdown but three picks. So uh, he was fine against Michigan with two touchdowns and no interceptions. But even that game, he only threw for 127 yards. So when you look at these four games Murphs has played, it's really only that first game against Illinois that was was decent at all. So uh, definitely still a lot of question marks around him. Uh, but to your point, I think uh, it might be good for Wisconsin to get back to what they're um, what they've been good at over the over the past decade plus. So. Uh yeah, interesting for them. Wisconsin's definitely been a bit of a disappointment. Uh but a team that isn't disappointing. I mean, I think every week it's just like, "Oh my god, how long can they keep this up? Let's just keep betting them." Alabama 55 at LSU only managed to score 17 and Alabama easily covered that 29 and a half. Uh Mac Jones, who you were watching, went off again, 20 for 28 for 385. Uh Mechie was the guy I was wanted to see just I mean, we all know what Smith does, but what was Mechie going to do? He went 4 for 58 and no touchdowns. Uh, Smith, eight receptions, 231 yards, three touchdowns, and then um, the running game got going too. Of course, um, he had 21 for 145 and three touchdowns. I mean, absolutely monster game from the big guys at Alabama. Um, what more is there to say about this team? I mean, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, these guys are just getting it done. Mac Jones looks great. I mean, they're the clear number one in the in, in college football right now. I mean, it's. They are the only team that you do not have any questions
2: about at the moment. Um, I am not, I will tell everyone right now, Alabama will not be my pick to win the national championship. Um, Shocker. Um, But this, this is, they're, they're where they should be right now. Um, We won't, I'm not going to do the same thing that everyone's saying. Obviously, Devonta Smith is the more valuable player on that team. Mac Jones should not be a Heisman finalist. Devonta Smith should be. I don't think he should win it because I'm not lying to myself. Um,
1: but he's having an amazing year. And yeah, unbelievable. I, he is just even though like he's like the main receiver and people know he's getting the ball and they still can't stop it. it it's hard to stop. I mean, let's be.
2: They Derek Stingley should have been shadowing him the whole game. He wasn't. Um, but LSU's just their defense isn't good. It wasn't good last year. And honestly, it was pretty good the year before that, but it is what it, I mean, their defense hasn't been good for two years. Their secondary has been incredibly overrated for two years and yeah, Alabama's passing attack is as good as there is in the country. So I am a huge believer in Devonta Smith, as we talked about on the campus to Canton podcast. Um, Smith is my is my wide receiver, too, in this class. And um, yeah, I mean, it's I I think he has very, very big upside. And I think there is a nearing 50 percent chance that he ends up being the top overall wide receiver drafted.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, You mentioned that on the uh, College to Canton podcast and I was like, I don't know. But then he went out and did it again this week. And that one, one of those touchdowns he caught, I mean, I'm sure you saw the highlights, just unreal, just able to go up in coverage, Um, contested catch, crazy acrobatic catch, unbelievable player. Um, Yeah, he's just been so impressive. I I think he should go as a number one receiver, and I do think he should win the Heisman, but we talked about that last week. Um, Let's move on to the last game, uh, one that we both got wrong uh oklahoma was favored by twenty-two and a half. they ended up winning 27 to 14 at baylor but oklahoma did have some some players out with COVID issues so so they were slowed down a little bit by that uh what what did you think of this one do you think um uh, think oklahoma has a shot at all at the playoff if
2: chaos ensues i mean it'd have to be severe yeah, chaos I mean, though, right? It, it does. and we're now the problem now is is that you're running out of time So what you needed, if you were Oklahoma, was you needed Auburn to pull off that upset or you needed this Ole Miss, uh, Texas A&M game to happen. And then you needed Notre Dame to come out and just absolutely destroy uh, Clemson. So that takes them out of the running. You need Alabama to go out there and absolutely destroy um, Florida. So they're out of the running. And then you needed um, you probably need Ohio State to slip up. It's. To say that they have any path. They do, but it's it's a very, very small path and it requires basically perfection from them and who knows. They need a lot of help. I mean, <laughs> it, it needs it needs everything from them. So no, it's a bummer. They got really good after that start. Um, you just wonder what their season would be like had they not slipped up against Iowa State had
1: they not um yeah they they're a bummer at this point like even avenging that loss in the Big 12 championship game like avenging that loss they had against Iowa State by beating them it, it's yeah, like you said too too little too late um it was nice seeing you know Spencer Rattler was a little bit better uh, only threw one interception had two touchdowns uh, Jaden Hazelwood who you were watching didn't get that much of an opportunity he only had one target uh which he converted for uh reception in 12 yards uh it'll be interesting to see what they can uh do moving forward here i don't think we'll be oh yeah we'll be talking about their their game at west virginia here in a minute here uh so let's take a quick break here from our colleagues over at rotoviz and then we'll be right back to uh to to look ahead to the upcoming week
0: what's up listeners this is curtis patrick i just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting rotoviz radio You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now. On Apple Podcasts. It's really easy, it only takes like 10-15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show.
1: And we are back. Let us get into the week 15 preview. First up, Friday night football. We've got Utah at Colorado. Colorado favored uh, by two. This is gonna be a good one. I'm I'm really excited. It's gonna be right down the road here. Of course, no, no fans really in the stadium, but um, but I'll be watching. I'll be I'll be dialed in for my uh, my alma mater, the Buffaloes. What do you think happens in this one? And uh, who's the guy you want to watch?
2: Um, I'm going to be watching Sam Neuer. Um, he's not particularly special. I don't want to like sell him as this guy that's a uh, anything. He's not going to the NFL, but he's from Beaverton, Oregon, which is just fun to say. Um, averaging seven point two yards per uh, yards per attempt, completing sixty two point one percent of his passes. The scary thing if you're um, if you're watching him is he does have only a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. But I think this is a pretty solid team. I think they are markedly better than this Utah team, who has been fine. I mean, they're a one-and-two team with their one win um, coming against Oregon State in a pretty high-scoring game. I think Colorado is going to be able to do whatever they want offensively. I think that this uh, Utah team has struggled against competent offenses, and I think they will likely struggle against a competent offense here. Colorado wins this game going away.
1: Ooh, going away. I like that. I hope you're right. Yeah, Utah uh, saw a big couple big leads slip away from them over the last couple of weeks, including that Washington game that we talked about. I like Colorado in this one too. I'd probably be more confident in them if I wasn't uh, talking about my school that I went to. It's just it's hard to like really buy in when when our expectations for them were so low going in, and so it's hard for me to want to get too hyped up and excited about it. But I'm going to be watching this with my my good buddy Eric. Uh, he he also went to CU, so we're going to be uh we're going to be watching this and uh, going nuts trying to figure out uh what it means and and what what kind of sacrifices we need to make to the football gods to make sure USC loses to UCLA so that Colorado can play Oregon in a in a Pac-12 championship but I'm watching Jarek Broussard, a sophomore running back who I mentioned at the top of the show he's having an absolutely monster season so far he hasn't really been getting in the end zone as much because uh, once they get in close they they give it to their power back but you know he had 300 yards uh last week he he's a he's a guy that I I think could uh, absolutely ball out against this very young Utah defense. So uh yeah, we're both on we're both on Colorado on that one. Let's move on to uh, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Oklahoma's already got the Big 12 championship game kind of locked locked up. Uh so I'm curious kind of what this game is going to look like against a, a West Virginia team that's you know not having a great year, but they can be pretty scrappy at home. It is a tough place to travel to. West Virginia getting two touchdowns plus 14. You think Oklahoma can cover that or is that too big of a number for you? I think they should
2: cover that. I think they are a substantially better team than West Virginia. Um, they are I'm just pulling up some stuff right now. They've covered I'm blanking on being able to read at the moment. Sorry to everyone. I mean, no, that's always debating is not game, always easy. Where they were 23 point favorites they'd covered their previous five spreads. Um they're a really, really good team. I think this Oklahoma team is probably um, one of the five or six best teams in the country. I don't want to say they're, they're top four because I, I do think they probably lose on a neutral field to any of the current top four, but I think that they are probably one of the top five or six. I think they would give AM, Florida, um, Florida, Cincinnati, for that matter, all those teams, I think they would give them a run for their money. So... I think they should be able to cover this this number here. Um, I'm gonna be watching Ramondre Stevenson. I've mentioned his name a few times so far. Um, really, ever since he's returned, their offense has been clicking in a way Absolutely. that it hadn't been with TJ Pledger and Seth McGowan. Um I think he's I think he's really, really good. And what he mm-hmm. when he gets going, it allows for Spencer Rattler to kind of have the open passes that you're accustomed to seeing with an Oklahoma offense
1: that yeah you bring up a good point because we've been talking about Oklahoma a lot and I I kind of was like well I think Spencer Rattler just needed a couple games under his belt to get used to playing um, as a starter their young team and maybe that's part of it but you are right that this offense really started and the team in general started playing a a lot better once Stevenson did get in there and was able to uh, kind of solidify that running game. So that's definitely a good point. Um, I'm on West Virginia in this one. I just, I think it's a bit of a letdown spot for Oklahoma, just not being able to uh, or really not really having a whole lot to play for. Uh, they're probably not going to be in, you know, the playoff regardless of, of the outcome in this one, they're already in the big 12 championship. So I just don't know what they really, what, what they really have going. So it's a, Tough place to travel to. I think they win, but I think they win by 10 or 11, not 14. So um, I'm going to go with West Virginia uh, with the points here. And a player I'm watching is junior running back, Letty Brown for West Virginia. He's uh, got 179 carries for 945 and nine touchdowns. He's got another two touchdowns and 200 yards um, in the passing game. I like this kid a lot. He, he's a lot of fun to watch. Do you think Letty Brown um, has a, a future in the NFL? And, and what kind of future would that be?
2: No, I don't. And it's always hard to say um, because running backs can kind of come out of nowhere. I think he's he could have a Chris Carson-type path where he kind of comes out of nowhere, gets on a roster, and then when the opportunity opens up, he doesn't screw it up. Do I think he's going to get drafted to a team and be in the top three running backs on the depth chart? No, I don't. And I think what he... with a guy like him, what you're looking for is does he get into camp and does he make it through all the roster cuts? If he does, then that gives him a chance. Um, and a chance is really all you need if you're a running back, because if you, if you go out there and do great in two to three games, teams just leave you on the field. I mean, look at a guy we used to talk about all the time when he was in college, Miles Gaskin, um, was a really late round pick. He was not someone who the NFL valued and didn't see much in him. And this season he's become pretty valuable for Miami. So it doesn't take a lot. You just have to get on a roster. He's a productive guy. For my opinion to change, he's going to have to go be a freak athlete at the combine. And I just, I don't see that happening.
1: I, I think that's, I think that's fair. You um, know, Benjamin will be that guy pretty soon who gets a shot at sure arizona and and takes off for the cardinals and we're all drafting him three years from now in the second round uh georgia is traveling to mizzou mizzou favored by 13 it's kind of surprised by that number but georgia doesn't really like to run up the score they do have jt daniels um kind of manning the the quarterback position now uh how do you think this one plays out i have to take georgia i think
2: um they still are pretty good on defense they're not amazing they're still um the more talented team. And I think that, I mean, is it even a question that JT Daniels is just, he should be the guy under center. He probably should have been the guy under center all year. I don't think there's really anyone who would argue that at this point. I think he is about as talented a quarterback as we've seen at Georgia in, I don't know, a decade. I mean, I think he's probably more talented than from, hmm. and I say, I that mean, guy Justin Fields was Georgia's there, quarter. wasn't he? <laughs> started Um, (laughs) if they were what does this prove it proves Kirby smart doesn't know how to pick his quarterback because there was people who actually thought Dwan Mathis was the guy and was actually outdoing him so who knows Um, yeah I I don't really know this number it's a little bit scary I don't think Georgia is gonna go out there and beat him by like 40 but I do think that this is probably a game where Missouri struggles to score and Georgia gets to like thirty.
1: Yeah, I I I lean with you. I I'm with George on this one too. They uh they uh, just looking at their at their schedule. They've only lost two games, and those games were to uh, Alabama and Florida, two teams that are like well, Alabama obviously in the playoff, and Florida who was kind of knocking on the door. And so they got two really quality losses. And even with that, they're a team that no one's really talking about. No one's very excited about. And uh, I think it's just for the reasons that you brought up. They they took too long to get JT Daniels going. So their offense was pretty slow. Their defense, while ha- while it has been dominant at times, um, you know, Mississippi State put up 24 against them. Florida beat them with a, a massive 44 number. And then even against South Carolina, they gave up, uh, you know, 16 is not that much, but it, it wasn't like a, a dominant performance by the defense, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I think your angle on this one is right. I do think Georgia wins this one. Uh, I had this one on my sheet for a lock, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't roll with it. I I might change my mind when we get down there, Uh, but uh, I'm with you. Georgia is a team that I uh, fully expect to to win this game. Uh, A game that I have a really terrible grasp on that I just can't uh, get a good feel for is North Carolina traveling down to Miami. Miami is favored by three and I could see this game playing out in so many different ways. It's really, really hard for me to kind of tell myself a story um, uh, as to why I should really back either team here. Uh, I've seen like that Miami Clemson game is just like so vivid in my memory because we were hoping that Miami would be able to give uh Clemson a run for their money. And they just got that.
2: I told you that the line was too small and that right. I thought Clemson was going to win by murder.
1: Right, it, that is exactly what you said. But we hoped that it would be a good game. We hoped that there'd be some, um, you know, without Notre Dame, it's just been so long since the ACC has had someone to compete with Clemson, and we were hoping that this Miami team would do it. And they just laid a laid an egg, and they've been good since then. But uh, it's hard for me to, you know, in a big spot like this against a good North Carolina Tar Heels team to see them, uh, really putting up a huge. Um, putting up a huge number or rather keeping UNC from putting up a huge number. So I think this is a, I think this is a, a huge offensive explosion game. I, the player I'm watching is, is Deami Brown. He has been absolutely fantastic. We talked about him or I talked about him quite a bit on the podcast uh, with, 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 with uh, Travis. Uh, I love the guy. He is a, a real field stretcher. He's averaging like 20 yards a catch. Uh, he's leading the team in, in both yards and receptions. I really love him. Of course, we've talked about their running backs, quite a bit as well. So I like UNC um minus three because it's a toss-up game for me. Give me the give me the team that's getting the points. So UNC plus three for me. Where are you on this one? Is this one feel more obvious to you? No, not at all. Um I'm picking Miami because I think Miami is sort of hitting
2: its stride right now and I think that they kind of want to prove that they are that team that's somewhat deserving of being in the ACC championship. Like for the way that everyone feels about how Indiana's getting screwed over and oh, the Big Ten's just changing the rules. The ACC actively changed their rules, oh yeah, to make sure that they had Notre Dame and Clemson playing in the ACC championship when they have an 8 and 1 Miami Hurricanes team that's actually I mean since that Clemson game they've been been okay. They're they're not super flashy. They're definitely not a team that I'm wanting to bet on consistently. But they're eight and one, and they're beating everyone that is put in front of them. And they were underdogs against Virginia Tech. They went and won that game. They were, um, I they were fourteen and a half point favorites at Duke last week, and they went out and shut them out forty eight to nothing. I think this team is kind of. I don't want to say they're getting their culture right because it's Miami, so their culture physically can't be right. Um, I I don't know. I don't feel great. This is a spot where do I trust North Carolina? And this season, I can't say I've trusted North Carolina at all. Um, right. Particularly on defense. I just don't trust them. I think you're right. I think if you are go- looking at this game, uh, you can probably find a number uh, total on this game that you want to take a look at. Uh, I can almost guarantee that we're going to hear what that total is later. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I- I'm taking Miami... Uh, no great feel uh the player i'm watching is Jalen knighton he doesn't get a ton of touches but he continues to be pretty explosive when he gets the ball uh and i'm i'm just a big fan of his eventual future
1: i will say the number is 67 and a half so you you're not going to hear it from me i don't know if you've got it in your card but i uh, i struggle with 67 and a half with just this this miami offense has been kind of hit or miss um one of the reasons I like the three points with UNC is because like they beat Virginia by five, they beat NC state by three, they beat Vod by one. So outside of that Duke game, um, a lot of their games have been real close. So I could see this one being pretty close too, but, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Um, USC, UCLA should also be a close game. UCLA is uh, getting three points here. So USC, the favorite at the Rose bowl, USC, man, <laughs> They they came out on fire last week. On they they had a Sunday night game, and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown with four first quarter touchdowns, absolutely crazy. USC might be, uh, you know, getting their swagger back. They might actually be uh, ready to play some some more impressive football. They've been squeaking out some wins, but maybe they're actually good. What do you think? I mean, I have to take USC. I think the in a
2: game like this, where you're just talking about who are the like who's more talented, who is most likely to just go out there and overwhelm the other team you just have to take the take USC um i think this is probably the last time we see chip kelly um seems pretty likely he's going to lose his job uh, and yeah i don't i mean i don't see what ucla has to play for here so give me the trojans um i don't really know who to watch in this game Amon Ra's my favorite receiver on the team. I'm gonna go with Tyler Vaughns. Because
1: he's the least fun of all of them. <laughs> that's a that's a good reason. Yeah. And the reason you're not taking uh St. Brown's because I already wrote him down on online. I'm also with USC here. I do think UCLA, um, they they had that three-point loss uh to Oregon and then they lost to Colorado by a touchdown. And other than that, they won all their games and um some of them pretty convincingly. So I don't know about Chip Kelly being on his way out. They may have finally figured something out. If UCLA is able to pull the upset here, uh, I think Chip Kelly's back for another year. And uh, even without it, I, I think uh, if, if they have seen enough of a, of a turnaround here with this team over the last couple of weeks with them, you know, kind of getting on a roll to end the season, uh, who knows, he he could have an opportunity to stick around for a while. I, I wanted to bring up uh, just another question about Amon Ross St. Brown. We uh, did, like, like we talked about, we did that, two-round rookie draft for for next season on Travis's show, uh, College to Canton. And uh, Amon Ross St. Brown did not get uh, picked within the first two rounds. after that huge performance last week, would you maybe uh, reconsider maybe drafting him a little bit higher? Or is he still pretty much uh, looking like a later round pick in, in rookie drafts? I mean, I've always liked him. I think that they're, you're starting to
2: see him get back to where he was at the start. or Our expectations were that he was a guy that could be a big volume guy and could be a, um, like could get that dominate like the dominant breakout year that we were looking for. And it, honestly, like he started off kind of bad. It was it was the Drake London show. We talked about it a few times that Drake London looked like the one that was the the breakout star out of the group. And now that he's kind of reestablishing himself as that go to guy. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think he's probably a second round pick. I think if, I mean, without spoiling it too much, if you haven't listened to it, I would have taken him over probably five or six guys that we took. Um, I, and screw it. I'll name names of guys that I would have taken him before. I would have taken him before Terrace Marshall. I would have taken him before Pat Fryermuth. I would have taken him before Diami Brown. I would have taken him before Zach. And Kyle (laughs) Trask. And honestly, like I would even question whether or not I would take him above, um, Elijah Moore. I think he probably presents a higher ceiling than Elijah Moore. Um, also I would take him above Javante Williams because screw you, Travis, you're wrong about him. Um, <laughs> I I mean, it, it is what it is. I think in a, as you get closer to the draft, if he gets drafted with day two capital and the quarterbacks don't go the way we think, obviously we're not going to see as many quarterbacks get drafted as we took. So I think he is very likely to be a top two round pick in rookie drafts. My only concern is going to be draft capital. And if he decides if it's time to make the jump, and honestly, if he doesn't, it's a just terrible decision.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, you know what isn't a terrible decision? That's heading over to BetOnline. That is where we like to do a lot of our gambling uh, a lot of our, you know, extracurricular activities when it comes to football uh, takes place on Bet Online. And they are going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. So head to BetOnline today, take full advantage of all of their great signup bonuses, and do not forget to use the promo code BlueWire. At BetOnline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. Let them know that we sent you. Uh, So head to BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let us get into our week 15 locks. Matthew, you're going to start turning it all around right now. Who is or what is your first lock of the week. Oh, I've just scrolled down here. You've added a lot in the last uh, 45 minutes or so. This yeah, is fun. Yeah,
2: before the show started and I had one lock on the list? <laughs> Changed a little bit. Uh, I'm going uh, to start with a Stefan special here. Yes. Uh, two for pick. Uh, Nevada, San Jose State under 58 and a half. Um, San Jose State is on totals. They are one and four on the totals so far. So they're four and one on unders. We love that Nevada to four and one on uh, totals this year. So again, four, two and one on it on our unders. Love that. Love that. Um, and I'm also going to take San Jose state minus two and a half San Jose state so far in the year is four zero or four Oh and one with an average win of 10 points above the spread. Uh, give me all of that. I, I honestly, I think this one feels
1: like a pretty comfortable cover on both. All right, and and they both and both these teams um, are playing for uh, I, I believe they're both playing like winner gets in to the championship game, so definitely a lot on the line in that one. Uh, I like the San Jose side of it. I mean, what a turnaround for that program! It wasn't that long ago that they were the laughing stock, and uh, they've really been on a, a, on a heater. So so good for them. Um, it's a pretty high number there. I get nervous with with unders, uh, but that is a that fifty eight and a half. That does look pretty high. So uh, I like those. The the first one I'm going to give you is my lock of the week. I've already put a significant bet on this one because I wanted to catch it before the number went up. So last week, Kansas got their first win against the spread of the season against Texas Tech. I don't think they're a good enough team to do that twice in a row. Give me Texas minus 29 and a half. Last week, Texas had nothing really to play for, yet they went out and crushed Kansas State, as we talked about. Uh, So I am very confident that Texas um, is playing for their coach. They want Herms there for a little bit longer. Uh, He needs this win, and he needs it in a bad way, and he needs it in a big way. So I think Texas blows out Kansas by 40 points. 29.5 is lovely. Uh, If it gets north of 32, though, um, I'm staying away. But Texas minus 29.5, uh, play that one with me because it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, yes, I hate trying to pull for Texas. It might get a little scary for a minute, but uh, but we're, we're we're doing it. Texas minus twenty nine and a half.
2: Um, that's weird. I know you hate Texas, so and you said you were never going to bet on him again. So now you're just yeah, but back to back weeks, baby. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I'm going to go with a game we talked about. Um, Colorado minus two at or not at hosting Utah. Uh, the Buffs are 4-0 against the spread this year. Um, I love that. Uh, Utah, on the other hand, is just 1-2 just against the spread. And uh, as I've mentioned a few times, Utah really had to overhaul a lot of their defense and offense this offseason. So even though we're now done with the regular season... This isn't exactly an experienced team. They're going into their fourth game of the year, still aren't looking at a team with a ton of reps. The fact that this Colorado team seems to have things going, and like you said, like this is a team that has legitimate Pac-12 championship hopes if they were to have a UCLA come out and pull the upset, um, or Pac-12 decides, screw rules, let's do what we feel like doing and have the best game. I, I think they really want to go out and get a statement win here. And I think this is a spot where their offense is going to be able to do kind of whatever it wants. And yeah, I, I really like this Colorado team. I think that they're going to pull off a, again, a, a pretty solid win in this game.
1: Yeah. I, I like that pick. I, I, I'm not making it a lock just because, you know, I, I, tend to be negative and, and scared or negative um, of, I get it. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the, at the total on this game. It's, it's only at 49. I could see it going over, but uh, I, I don't have it on my, on my list at the moment. Uh, I do think it, it helps that Colorado is playing on Friday night, so they won't know what has happened in that USC game. So they know they need to win to stay alive. And, and to that point, I think that they get up for this game, um, so yeah, I like that one, uh, another kind of early week special here. I think this is the Thursday night game. Uh, we've got Pittsburgh, Georgia tech, Georgia tech just is not impressive to me. Um, so I'm going to go ahead uh, and roll with them. Uh, Georgia tech wants to try to run the football and Pitt has an eighth ranked rush defense on the other side. Um, Pitt has a kind of surprisingly good passing offense. They're 36, um, in passing yards. Uh, and they've been even better with Pickett back at quarterback. And meanwhile, Georgia Tech is 116th um, uh, pass defense for yards against. So I think Pitt is able to uh, to score on this Georgia Tech team. I think Georgia Tech struggles to do so. So I feel pretty good laying that six and a half with Pitt. Uh, so Pitt minus six and a half. I'm not putting a huge bet on this one, but but I do like it. Uh, I do feel pretty comfortable with this. I just got distracted
2: because uh, the first. Um team to accept a bowl invitation just became news so well, who is it it's smu they are oh. going to be a part of the first bowl game that it happens it's the uh tropical smoothie cafe Frisco <laughs> Bowl. Bowl. Uh, <laughs> smu has accepted their place in the game so we will have to see who uh they get matched up against i am i am uh and that game's on december 19th so we had talked about what is bowl season gonna look like it sure looks like a lot of teams are gonna just try and roll with whatever So nice. Sorry. Had to saw that news and had to bring it up. Um, All right. Let's go to another game we talked about already. And that's North Carolina and Miami over 66 and a half. I did shop around and found a little bit better number than 67. These are two of the top 25 teams in SP plus for offense. And North Carolina has allowed more than 30 points in a game five times this year including against like Wake Forest. And I do think this Miami team has a little bit more explosiveness than that Wake Forest one. I think this game gets into a little bit of a shootout with both teams getting pretty comfortably into the 30s. Because of that, I'm just going to take the over because in this one, I'm rooting for points and I'm going to root for fun, which is something I'm not going to do a lot this weekend.
1: I love it. I really love it. And uh, just hearing you talk about it a little bit more, um, I kind of forgot for like I, my fear with the over was can Miami's offense hit enough big plays to get there. Um, and then I just remembered this North Carolina defense. Just when you, when you said uh wake forest, all of a sudden my mind was reminded of that crazy game. And yeah, I, I love this play for you, Matt. I think that's a, I think that's a slam dunk. I have an over for you as well. It's a much lower number. It's over 47 in Boise state at Wyoming uh, with Wyoming. Of course, you want to check the weather. Uh, the winds are expected to be, you know, between 10 and 13 miles an hour. So that's not ideal, but it's also not detrimental. There is a, a chance of snow in the forecast. So I am not betting this one yet. I'm going to wait until Saturday to see what is actually taking place weatherwise. If things are getting crazy in uh, in Wyoming, I'm going to stay away. But uh, well, I'm not. I'm going to still lock it in for you guys. But I would recommend to you: don't bet it until the day of. Make sure that the weather conditions are are decent for for football. If there's snow that I'm okay with that. Uh Boise State looks so good. Um they are 5 and 0 on overs. Uh their their games average 69.4 points per game. So they're both scoring and giving up enough points that this number should be uh, pretty easy to get to. So Boise State Wyoming over 47. I'm locking it up now, but I do recommend that you, my good listener, wait until Saturday uh to play this one. I talked to my physical therapist today, uh, Dr. Abel about this one because he 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 needed some help with some bets. I said, wait till Saturday, but then uh maybe you'll get the number even a little bit lower if people are nervous, but smash that Boise State over this week. I like it.
2: I'm gonna get the vomit game out of my system right now. <laughs> I may I, I went with grossness a few weeks ago when Notre, or when Northwestern played. Uh honestly uh they played Michigan State and I actually almost got close. I'm going to go with another vomit spot, uh, Illinois and Northwestern under 41 and a half. Yeah, it's gross. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's gross. The game has a very high percent or a high chance for precipitation, and they're looking at winds up to 24 miles per hour throughout the game. They're not crosswinds, but they're steady winds. Passing is going to be a very real struggle for both of these teams. Kicking is going to be a struggle for both of these teams, and Northwestern is one in four on uh, totals this year. They're only i had I mean yeah tell yeah. me a reason why this doesn't turn into a like 14 to 10 northwestern just walks off and is comfortable with it
1: yeah i had this one on my card um it says illinois at northwestern i did this a couple of days ago under 43 and a half debating this one on principle uh, because like you know me i don't like taking unders any anytime if it's an under in the 40s, I really, really hate taking it. So um, I am totally on board with this. I totally agree that that's a really smart bet. I just can't take it. I just can't I can't take a 41 41 and a half point game. Uh, it scares me too much. But I'm going to give you my vomit play of the week here. Uh, I'm betting against my Ducks. I, I think they pull out the win here. But Washington at plus six, when I saw this number, I was shocked. I thought Oregon would be favored by maybe three, three and a half at the most. Oregon has not done enough to show me that they are um, trustworthy. They're inconsistent. Uh, When their defense plays well, their offense can't score. And when their offense is putting up big numbers, their defense is getting run on like crazy. Uh, What does Oregon do poorly on defense? That's stop the running game. What does Washington do really well? Run the football. I think Washington is able to keep this well within a, well within a touchdown. I think this is more like a three-point game. I would not be surprised if Washington just wins this one outright. Uh, S&P Plus also has this as a uh, much closer game. I think they have it at like two points. Um, and, you know, Oregon, uh, in their last seven games, they're two and five against the spread as a favorite. So I'm going to go with uh, Washington plus six here. It's too big of a number for me to feel comfortable with Oregon. Hope they still win. Think they will probably still win. But uh, six points is too many.
2: I don't know which one of these games I feel like rolling off. So we're just going to roll with a real quick header here. Central Michigan and Toledo over fifty-two and a half. Both these teams are um, three and two on the year against totals. I think they do it again and I think it's another game where they score a little bit. Let me quickly find this game on S and P plus and see where they have it because I feel like I owe you more analysis than that.
1: Apparently I can't read. No, that's just difficult ones to find on here. Do I just not have this game on here? Mm -hmm. Oh no,
2: here it is. They have a point four, So I've got a lot of leeway on this one. Yeah. Uh, give me give me Central Michigan and Toledo on and
1: over because it's fun. I like it. I, that is a fun one. Uh, I like the Rockets. Um, and there's too many Michigan teams to keep track of, so <laughs> it's always hard for me. Is it Central or Eastern or yeah, there's a lot. Um, my next one, I've got uh, kind of three unusual games from from my perspective. Like I usually go with uh, uh you know, the power the power five schools. Um, I'm gonna go with. Buffalo minus 32 and a half at Akron. When I looked at this game originally, I wanted to take the over because Buffalo just knows how to score a ton of points. But then I realized like, <laughs> I don't know if Akron is going to be able to, to hold up their end of the bargain. I didn't feel comfortable um, trusting them to score against anyone. Uh, so I'm going to just take the 32 and a half. Um, well, I'm going to lay the 32 and a half points with Buffalo Akron is three and 14 against the spread, um, in their last 17. And, and that third win was last week against Akron, uh, ex- excuse me, against Bowling green, who is just absolutely terrible. So I don't think they're going to be able to hang with Buffalo at all. Buffalo is six and one in their last seven averaging more than 50 points per game. And they have the number two rushing offense, um, as well as the number two offense and yards per play. I think they're going to be able to get up big and in a hurry. And, uh, yeah, 32 is a huge number, uh but I'm I'm okay laying it against a, a a really bad Akron team. I like it. Um that's a big number though, isn't it? It's a kind of scary number. I mean, is it
2: <laughs> It's Akron. I I mean, I I went against Akron last week. Akron had a lot of like special teams help in that game to pull out this win. Um, I need to just stop looking at games by the way, because this isn't helping my cause. Um, yeah, I think you're good. I think this will be a Jarrett Patterson special. Um, all right. I feel like I probably have more left than you. So I'm going to roll a little bit quick here again, BYU. They're coming off of what was, I mean, has to be described as a pretty disappointing loss. This team on, even with that loss, they're six, three and one against the spread on the air. Um, S P plus has this game at 19 points. I think BYU is going to come out and look to run up the score against an okay San Diego state team, but not a great one. Um, I think BYU wins this game probably in the 20 range. So give me BYU minus 15 and a half. Ooh. Uh,
1: that's, that's a, that's a big number there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they'll, that's they'll want to cool bounce there. back. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with a thread here that you'll, you'll pick up on. So Akron had a nice, you know, a nice win last week, but only because, you know, they played against one of the worst teams, as I mentioned, in Bowling Green. This week, Bowling Green is up against Miami of Ohio, uh, and the line is only minus 23. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with Miami of Ohio minus 23. Akron just beat this Bowling Green team by four touchdowns. Earlier this year, Miami beat Akron by thirty one so by the law of transitive properties, I feel very, very good about this particular bet um I know it doesn't always work like that, but uh Bowling Green is one in four against the spread this season um Miami of Ohio is two and one I, I think they're able to cover this number Bowling Green, like i said is is terrible, and they lost by more than this to a terrible Akron team i think uh I think uh Miami takes care of business. So, uh, again, kind of not a usual game for me. I don't usually, uh, play around in in these waters, but, uh, the temperature was just perfect today.
2: You know, I like it because picking against Bowling Green is fun. And you picked a team that is very close to where I live. So I'm cool. Um, you know, let's go rivalry. Let's go rivalry with this one. Arizona state and Arizona. Um, I don't think this Arizona State team is a high-flying offense. I think they have a lot of players, but I think they would like to beat you by grinding out a win, which is why they are 0-2 against totals so far in this year. Um, Arizona, they're 1-3 and on totals this year. You know what that all says to me? It says under 56.5. Um, I like Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels will probably have a pretty solid game. I think this game's not going to be super fun to watch for anyone, so give me the under.
1: Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, Arizona State has, it's not like they've been dynamic in the, in the few games that they've been able to play. They still look pretty rusty. I think I think that's a, a good call. Um, I'm going to go uh, go ahead and uh, dance with the Shanta Clears one more time. Actually, this is my first time. I haven't bet on them at all this year, but I'm betting on them this week against Troy, uh, minus 13 and a half. Uh, I, I do want to ask you a quick kind of philosophical question when it comes to betting and, and just kind of where you're at when... You look at teams that come off of huge wins, like Coastal Carolina, or the other side of it, like you just mentioned with BYU. Uh, really disappointing defeats. What What do you? How do you kind of view the uh, like the letdown factor or the looking ahead factor when kind of analyzing your picks and what you want to do? Do you put a lot of stock into that kind of stuff the uh, the un uh, the the unobjective feelings side of things do you put much stock in any of that or is that kind of a you don't really know it until after after the fact i mean it's all
2: subjective right it's all a little bit there's some nuance to it all for this coastal carolina team what reason what reason do they have to have a letdown spot i mean i get it the byu is probably the biggest win that was their super bowl of the year but now everyone knows who you are and if all of a sudden you go out and say beat Troy by three and you have a close game against a and, and mediocre to bad Troy team, there's, there's really no way to spin that positive. And I think Troy's not very good. So I think that is probably a good spot for most. I, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's a level of nuance. I think you have to look at it. If you're talking about like Alabama, who is going to just go out there and boat race, um, pretty much anyone in their conference. Yeah, it just means that you get more backup time. I think it when you're in spots like that, that you'll probably get to see their like meaningful second string players. But if you're Coastal Carolina, I don't think you're really worried about your second string players. I think if you're in their spot, it's more of a just you go out there and you try and look impressive every single week. So I don't know. I thought UC was going to have like seven letdown spots and it, it didn't happen until UCF. So who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just find it one of those things that's really, do- like I listen to a lot of podcasts and they talk about letdown spots or look ahead spots. And I just find it so difficult to to buy into because they don't, it's kind of seem like a crutch argument that you don't really know if it was true until after the fact, like, Oh yeah, we can tell that such and such team wasn't prepared. So maybe they were looking ahead to the next week, but uh I just don't use a lot of that in my analysis. I was just curious if you did. So um anyway, that was my, my play. All that to say that my play is uh Coastal Carolina minus 13 and a half at Troy.
2: You know, I like that one a lot because fuck you, Troy. Um yeah. What did Troy ever do to you? <laughs> minus 14 and a half against uh middle Tennessee State. And oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> holding a grudge against them. They're one of my I love favorite it. teams. Oh, man, I almost want to jump on board. You know what? I'm agreeing with you on that, but that's not the pick I'm going to I'm legit just going to have as many picks as humanly possible this week because, you know what? It's the last week of the regular season. i so yep. jumping on board with you on that one, but that's not one of my picks for right now. Uh, right now, we're going to go with a fun one because everyone knows I love fun. Uh, North Texas, team total over 37.5 against UTEP. Everyone knows that I really, really like, uh, betting UTEP unders they're slow, they're ineffective, and they're not really a team that anyone should want to watch. Um, the only issue is they're going up against the second fastest team in all of college football, uh, this year, according to pace, a team that runs a play once every, I think it's 19 and a half seconds. Uh, wow. That runs any faster than them is UCF. So, uh, I'm taking over 37 and a half because you're talking about a really, really fast North Texas offense and a really bad UTEP defense. They're the seventh worst defense, according to S plus. So I think North Texas kind of turns this game into a, how many points can I score? And can I set a record for the highest score ever shown on this particular scoreboard?
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, we talked earlier about the Georgia Missouri game and I am deciding uh, at, right at this moment (laughs) that uh i like georgia to win this game fairly easily however i don't know what fashion that takes so i'm gonna go ahead and take georgia minus seven in the first half against missouri yeah i love it because
2: you are getting into the weird bets and you are in my realm so but do you like the pick or just the fact that i'm picking something obscure (laughs) Um, I, I told you, I, I think Georgia is a, is a pretty comfortable team in this spot. And I think that they are markedly better than the team they're playing. So in that spot, I'm always going to favor them. And I actually think that their style, I mean, they tend to be the, wear you down team, but they've also had a couple of times where they've come out pretty hot. I mean, I think we all remember against Florida, they were up 14, nothing. And if they do exactly hurry. That- Missouri doesn't have the firepower to come back. So if they, I I think this is one where if you get a 10 point or a 14 point lead early, you're, you're just, you're super comfortable because you know, Missouri isn't going to score quickly.
1: Yeah. My other thinking too, with this Georgia team was uh, that game uh, stood in my mind, but, but even the Alabama game, if you remember um, at halftime, uh, it was still, you know, it was really close. It was, I think actually Georgia was up 24 20. So, uh, to me, like they, they are able to keep things, um, in control very early on. And I, I think they're able to, you know, once they get that lead, they're going to sit on it. So they may not get that 13 and a half number, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be up by a by a score, uh, at halftime. So do you have any more? I'm that, that, that was it. That was my last one. So. A lot, Uh,
2: because I told oh, goodness this, this went, this went crazy. So I got two more picks. Um, Memphis and Houston under 63 and a half. Both these offenses have actually been fairly disappointing this year. They both have a below average offensive success rate and an above average defensive success rate. Uh, we're talking about wins in this game that are gonna range from 13 to five or 13 to 15 miles per hour in the cross as crosswinds. So I think it's gonna be kind of one of those games that it's not quite at like the oh my god, windy underplay that wins at like a 60 something percent clip, but it is a game where it's going to be pretty difficult for teams to kick field goals and pretty difficult for teams to consistently pass the ball with any real effectiveness because of that. I'm going to take the under in this game um, and hope that Memphis has um, some pride to wrap up their regular season. Um, and then let's, let's go right back to the game that I started off my pick with the only one that when the show started that I had on my board was Stanford and Oregon State over 52 and a half? I think this Oregon State offense is pretty solid. I think Stanford is probably a better offense than uh, we all would have expected. Uh, the number's only 52 and a half. Stanford is 2 and 2 on totals for the year. Oregon State is 4 and 1. Uh, I don't think this game is like some super-duper shootout that anyone should be like watching to be the best game of the weekend or anything, but I do think there's a chance that you get one team pretty comfortably into the thirties and then another team somewhere in the upper twenties. So I think it'll be a good game. And in that one, I I think it'll push towards the over.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. And, uh, you know, being able to root for Jefferson to, uh, keep scoring touchdowns will be fun for you. So definitely some rooting interest. Uh, let me jump on a couple of upsets, um, that I have for this week. One of them is, uh, I'm taking UNC, uh, at plus 133 at Miami. I'm taking the Washington Huskies at plus 170 at Oregon and then I'm going to take Georgia Southern at home at plus 285 against App State. I think App State is a little overrated. I think they are kind of playing off of their uh their their, their fame from some of their big wins in 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 seasons past. They have not been very good this year. Um at, at least not as good as we thought. So Uh, Georgia Southern at home, I think could be, could be fun. So uh, my upset specials, UNC plus 133, Washington plus 170 and Georgia Southern plus 285. Uh, I have two. Um, One of them, I
2: feel like is cheating, but it's not cheating because they're catching. If you shop around, they're catching as high as one and a half points and that's Iowa. And you can get them at plus 105 at home against Wisconsin. We've mentioned it a few times. This Wisconsin offense struggling to the finish line. They're definitely not coming out here and wowing anyone. Um, And I think Iowa is just good enough to exploit all of that. Uh, The other one I'm taking, I mentioned it earlier, um, Memphis uh, at home to wrap up their season against Houston. They're plus 140. I think they're going to be able to run the ball okay. I don't know if it'll be a great game, but in a spot where they're the home team as a slight dog, I do like them here.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm going to run down my, my sheet right here. Then you can uh, follow up with, uh, with your, uh, with yeah, yeah my locks. I've got uh, my favorite play of the week. Absolute favorite play of the week, Texas minus 29 and a half. First Kansas. Then we got Pitt minus six and a half at Georgia tech, the Boise state, Wyoming over 47, Washington plus six at Oregon. I've got Buffalo minus 32 and a half against Akron, Miami of Ohio minus 23 at Bowling green, I've got Coastal Carolina minus 13 and a half at Troy and Georgia minus seven in the first half at Missouri. That's a lot. You have a lot of games. You have more.
2: (laughs) I have 12 games on the slate this week, and we'll start it off (laughs) from the top. It's Stanford, Oregon State, over 52 and a half. We have San Jose State. Minus two and a half against Nevada, and we also have the under 58 and a half in that game. We have Central Michigan and Toledo over 52 and a half. Arizona State, Arizona, under 56 and a half. BYU minus 15 and a half against San Diego State. We have the gross game of the week. Illinois and Northwestern under 41 and a half. North Texas team total over 37.5 against UTEP. We have Colorado minus two against Utah. North Carolina and Miami over 66.5. Memphis and Houston under 63 and a half and we're t- we jumped on there with you. Coastal Carolina minus 13 and a half at Troy.
1: Yeah, and and that North Carolina Miami over gets my uh two thumbs up of approval as well. Love that. Um I was leaning that Illinois Northwestern game, but I refuse to have my name next to a, an under that is a 41 and a half. That is just gross. Um, but that that's Army, good stuff, man.
2: Army Navy game or whatever. The Yeah, like, but that number's like 38 or something. Let's see, is, just because we are obligated to talk about grossness, let's see where that one's at right now. Uh, Army 38
1: is. is at,
2: it. Yeah, it's nope. I mean, depending on how gross you want, you can get it as high as 40 and a half. And uh, if you want to take an over in a Service Academy game, you can get it as low as 37 and a half.
1: Oh my and God. And right, then taking the over. <laughs> it's so gross. I love that there's a 38 and I'm like, yeah, I'm not touching the over on that one. Not with those teams. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, great Matt. This is going to be a good good week. Uh as you said, this is kind of the last week of of regular season football. We've got some some championship games kind of right on the horizon, so lots to look forward to. Uh real quick though, before we wrap up, any any word on uh, who Ohio State might be playing or if they're playing this weekend? Any news?
2: There's nothing yet. The Big Ten okay. officially released their statement that they will be um, confirming that Ohio State will be playing against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. Um, I'm real quick, real quick, still not seeing anything. I, I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought that maybe we'd get a game and then I could just tell you that... Uh, Take the first half over? <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. If, I mean, realistically, if if they get a game... If Ohio state gets a game, um, before Saturday or heck, if they get a game on Sunday, if they get a game on Tuesday, I don't care. Take the first half.
1: Yep. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you as always. Uh, please do take a minute to uh, rate and review the show. Uh, you can find us in two places. Of course, we're either at, uh, the college football fantasy podcast. Uh, you can find us there on, you know, wherever you find your podcast, whether it's, uh, itunes or spotify or whatever but otherwise we're on word his radio uh main feed but i uh, do do head over to the college football fantasy podcast feed and, uh, and leave a rating and review we do appreciate that uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh follow us on twitter you can find matt at miss be the kid and you can find me at stay fun LaCo. thanks again as always we really appreciate it um we'll be back with you next week matt any parting words by chris Olave. there it is we'll talk to y'all later
3: Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.